A young man was radicalized. Many go on the internet to send emails, to read articles, perhaps even watch cat videos. But in Philadelphia, the FBI arrested a suspected supporter of Islamic extremism. He left a shocking online trail. Last week, the city of Philadelphia and the FBI announced that they arrested a 17-year-old for alleged ties to an al-Qaeda organization. He made contacts with the group online, and the FBI stated that this young man bought a large amount of weapons and was a threat to the United States national security. It's shocking to hear of such activity, especially from someone so young, but this does tell us something about the heart of young people. They want to live for something bigger than themselves. But oftentimes, they're looking in all the wrong places. Have you shared Jesus with the young people in your life? He is the meaning of life that they are looking for. Welcome to Haven Today here on Wednesday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. As we're continuing a series called Let the Prophets Speak. If you were to go around where you live asking people what they think a prophet does what would they say? Most individuals would say they'd tell the future, and they would be half right. Prophets in the Bible did tell the future. We call that foretelling, but that's not all they do. Prophets primarily speak God's word to God's people, and we call that foretelling. While it's interesting to read passages where prophets foretell, it can lead us to minimize those verses where they foretell. Both are important for our lives, wouldn't you say? Over the past few days, we've been hearing words from prophets in the Bible. And today, we're technically not hearing from a prophet, but from friends of the prophet Daniel. In God's providence, and by God's inspiration, Daniel recorded their words in his book. Do you know what story I'm talking about? I know there are so many amazing moments in the book of Daniel, but the one I'm thinking about is found in chapter 3. And it concerns Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And let's not forget the fourth man in the fiery furnace. It's a popular story for Sunday school, but stay with me. We all need to hear this important word from the Lord. But before we get to that great story, I want you to hear another word from the Lord from Maui. Last week's devastating fires have caused an estimated $6 billion in damage and destruction. One of the buildings that burned completely down was Grace Baptist Church right there in Lahaina. It was a cute little church, painted blue, with a steeple that had the beautiful Maui Mountains behind it as a backdrop. Back in April, the church celebrated 50 years of God's goodness as a church. But last week, that church burned to the ground. And on this past Sunday morning, the church met at the Maui Coffee Attic to worship the Lord. I want you to hear a few words from their 85-year-old pastor, Dr. Arza Brown. He said he had been used to help others in past natural disasters, but it was a little different now since he and his family had lost their home. We are in the same boat as you are. Our house is gone, but our faith is not gone. And I have taught and preached for over 60 years that God never makes a mistake. And I believe that today. Now, if you ask me if I understand it, you know, but of course you wouldn't expect a man to understand God's ways, would you? 
Pastor Brown went on to read from Psalm 119, 49 through 50. Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. Here are a few words from his message of hope for his congregation after the fire. For the believer this morning, I would say that my strength and and how we have been able to deal with what we're dealing with and will is the Word of God. That's where we get our strength. Remember the Word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast called me to hope. God's Word tells us in so many places For example, Christ said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. May have lost everything, but I haven't lost the Lord. He'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. In the darkest hour, even since this has happened, I have felt the presence of God in my life. And will continue to do that. Those verses, so many of them, that bring hope to us. God's strength is a strength that we lean on. I may have lost everything, but I haven't lost the Lord. What a statement of faith from Pastor Arza Brown, whose church and his own home burnt in Maui. But God's strength is seeing him through, as well as so many other Christians there on that island that's part of Hawaii. Let's continue to pray for Maui and that the Lord would be a mighty fortress for all who trust in him. Christian hymn filled with hope and faith in the Lord, and that version was sung by the King's College Choir. Christians have sung hymns like this for two millenniums because they are based on God's Word, and they give us great encouragement in difficult times. Even Martin Luther, who wrote this song, would sing it when times were tough. Luther's most famous hymn is Ein Festberg im Unstergut. A mighty fortress is our God. It's based on Psalm 46. It reflects Luther's awareness of our intense struggle with the devil. In difficulty and in danger, Luther would often tell his friend, Philip Melanchthon, Come, Philip, and let us sing the 46th Psalm. It says, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. That's Robert Morgan talking with me about a mighty fortress. After the program, I want to send you a copy of his book called Then Sings My Soul. He shares the backstories of 150 hymns, including a mighty fortress, 
in his devotional book that includes sheet music and lyrics so you can sing these great hymns as well as find out more about them. I believe Then Sings My Soul will help you sing the Lord's praises with a new sense of appreciation for who He is and what He's done in your life. After the program, you can visit our website to see the book for yourself and then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Now let's hear a song that will tell the story from Daniel 3 that we're going to look at more in a moment. First it'll be read, then it'll be sung by none other than Johnny Cash. Way over yonder in the land of Babylon, old King Nebuchadnezzar was on the throne. And he told his people, he said, build a golden idol out there on the plain of Dura. And tell everybody in the kingdom that I said, bow down and worship that golden idol. Well, they built that golden idol, and, but there was three men, three stiff-necked men in the kingdom that wouldn't do it. There was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So old King Nebuchadnezzar said, take them and throw them in a fire and burn them up. So they threw them in a fiery furnace, but they didn't get burned up because there was a fourth man in the fire. Well, the prophet Daniel tells about three men who walked with God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Before the wicked king they stood. Now the king commanded them bound and thrown into the fiery coals that day. But the fire was so hot the men were slain. Forced them on their way they wouldn't bend. They held on to the will of God so we are told. Would not bow, they would not bow the knees to the idols made of gold. Would not burn, they were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. Now when the three were cast in and the king rose up to witness their awful fate, he began to tremble at what he saw and in astonished tones he spake. Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? I believe I see four men unhurt, unbound and walking down there. I see Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in the fiery coals they trod. But the form of the fourth man that I see is like the Son of God. They wouldn't bend, held on to the will of God, so we are told. Would not bow, they would not bow the knees to the idols made of gold. Would not burn, they were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend, wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. They wouldn't bow, they held on to the will of God. We are told they wouldn't bow, they would not bow their knees to the idols made of gold. They wouldn't burn, they were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. That was, can you believe it, Johnny Cash and the fourth man in the fire. On a haven today, called Let the Prophets Speak, God's people found themselves in a really hard situation in the days of Daniel. And because of their sin, they had been judged by God and were kicked out of the promised land. This was a land where they were supposed to thrive as a people. They would enjoy harmony with one another and with their Lord. And yet, 
there were few years of harmony. The people would rebel time and time again, worshipping false idols and committing shameful acts, not caring for their neighbor, sexual immorality, you name it. They were acting just like the people that they had wiped out of the promised land. And for that reason, God's judgment came on Israel. They would go and be sent to a faraway place, Babylon, led by the ruthless king, Nebuchadnezzar. That king gave the Israelites in his royal court new names. He wanted them to eat just like the Babylonians ate. And in chapter 3, he wanted them to worship like the Babylonians worship. He had an image of gold made, and he set it up to display in a prominent place. He got the finest musicians in the land to show up for a time of singing. Sounds like a grand time. But in verse 5, we read the command. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all other kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. You know full well that when a king has an expectation... It must be done, or else, verse 6, whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. What would you have done? You're in a land that's not your own. You've already had trouble fitting in with the locals. You're going to reject the Babylonian way again at the cost of your life? Or would it be okay to fit in just this one time? Well, friend, We are closer to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego than we like to think. No, we're not being punished by the Lord living in whatever country, city, or town we're in. But we are a people in exile. We're living in a place that is not our home, awaiting to return to the promised land. So how will we live while we are aliens in this world? Will we just go with the flow to avoid embarrassment? Or when caught between obeying God and obeying man, will we boldly stand for what is right? Daniel's friends stood for the truth. When the music rang and all the Babylonians bowed in worship, facing this golden image, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remained standing. When Nebuchadnezzar heard that they rebelled, he was filled with rage He brought them before him and gave them a final chance to bow before the idol God. He even said to them in verse 15, But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Now, what's fascinating about this story is how long we read without hearing from the three friends. Fifteen entire verses go by, and we don't hear what they had to say. They were committed to quiet obedience. But when finally given the opportunity to speak, they did not relent. Listen to what they told the king. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not... We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Isn't that last verse remarkable? 
These three young men may not have been prophets, but they were certainly proclaiming a prophetic word. They said, God is able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold. Now, that's a challenge for us, a reminder for us to keep on keeping on following the Lord because he will preserve us. And even if he doesn't, he's still worthy of our adoration. He's worthy of our trust. And the great news is that this isn't the end of the story. Yes, the Lord did deliver Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And though the prison guards even who were standing near the furnace were incinerated, those friends' lives were spared from the fiery furnace, kept safe by an angel of the Lord. But if the Lord didn't spare them of that judgment, he would still be good. Even if we follow God to the point of death, he is still good. Why? Because he has promised us eternal life in Christ. The good news in saying, but even if he doesn't, is that God does truly save us. We may still be subject to death for his sake, but we will be rewarded with life everlasting in heaven where Jesus is. That's the sweetest gift for all those who profess faith in Christ. So let me ask you, do you have the confidence of Daniel's three friends? Will you stand for the truth, even if it means public embarrassment or worse? May Daniel's friends encourage you to say, even if God does not save me this moment, I will not worship any other gods, but I will entrust my soul to my Lord, Jesus Christ. Let's just take a moment and pray together. Would you join me? My Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. We come to you today on our knees, figuratively or in reality. We want to thank you for how you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins. And we pray now for things we see around us in the world, especially Lahaina, which was devastated by the fire, and other places where the fire hit on the Hawaii island of Maui. Lord, we pray for the people that were impacted. We pray for those who lost loved ones from the fire itself. And we thank you for all of those who did escape. We pray that churches could be rebuilt, homes could be rebuilt. We pray that your spirit would be at work in mighty ways on the island of Maui, but also in our lives as well, and the lives of wherever you've placed us to live. Lord, bless us now. Thank you for the gospel invading our lives and keeping us safe, no matter what happens. In Jesus' name, amen. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take Him at His word Just to rest upon His promise Just to know, thus saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him 
that is fitting, isn't it? Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, casting crowns, haven today. Let the prophets speak. Earlier, we heard Robert Morgan share some of the history behind the hymn, A Mighty Fortress. Rob's a great storyteller. You know that if you've been listening the last several days. And when he talks about these great hymns of the faith, it's all the better. I asked Rob why it was important to know the stories behind the hymns we sing. Well, apart from the Scripture, it's the great hymns of the faith that give us our greatest resource for biblical meditation. A good hymn, Charles, is a miniature Bible study set to music. I mean, that's what it is. It's a miniature Bible study set to music. And so when we memorize a hymn, like How Firm a Foundation, or Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, Early in the Morning My Song Shall Rise to Thee. When we sing it enough so that we come to know it, and we can memorize hymns easier than we can memorize Scripture, because they're musical, and they rhyme, and they have rhythm, and they get into our system a little bit easier, then we are singing to ourselves and to our Lord and to other people Bible content, Bible studies, And when I'm on a plane, for example, and I'm tired, and I'm not tired enough to go to sleep, but my eyes are weary, I can lean over against the side of the plane 
close my eyes, and I can, quote, memorize scripture to myself, but I can also open up the internal hymn book in my brain and sing song after song after song. And those hymns give me so much comfort in the middle of the night if I wake up, then I can just open up my mental hymn book and I can hear the choirs singing as I go through, O Lord my God, when I an awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, how great thou art. So this is a wonderful therapy for us. It is a spiritual grace that God has given to us. The body of our hymnody is the greatest therapy we can have apart from the Word of God itself. When you read Robert Morgan's Then Sings My Soul, you'll learn about the backstories behind the 150 hymns he has collected, which will remind you of God's mighty hand in history. And I really like how Rob has included the sheet music on the left side and the devotional on the right that'll help lead you into precious time with the Lord. I want to invite you to visit our website right now. Take a look at Then Sings My Soul by Robert Morgan and then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us right now, won't you, at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And just as we have to go, a quick reminder that we still have copies of the book that my wife Janet and I wrote following the death of our son 20 years ago this month. It's called Saving a Life. Ask about it when you call or read more about it when you visit haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. You may have noticed, but it's been quite hot this summer. You might be driving with the AC on blast, or perhaps you're listening at home with an ice cold glass of lemonade. It's important to stay cool, stay hydrated. But do you know what else is important during these hot days? In James 1, the half-brother of Jesus counsels us, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. When it's hot outside, we can be prone to be irritable. We can be impatient and let our frustrations known. But what should we do instead? We should be quick to listen, slow to speak. In this way, we can be a blessing to others and keep heated conversations from getting hotter. Get daily encouragement with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.